0: Good afternoon, patriots. You're tuned into Living With Liberty, your source for common sense and truth. I am your host, Ryan. Today, I'll talk about the states that are taking action against critical race theory. I'll talk about the slippery slope our military is on. And we'll finish things up with why you should fight back against entities that are currently mandating the COVID vaccine all next on Living with Liberty. As I promised in my last show, I have a couple of stories here on states that are taking action against critical race theory, putting laws in place to prevent its spread and teaching. Now, you know, I said in a a recent show that a, a good way to engage with your legislators is to have tangible actions for them to take, especially on things that you are supportive of. And utilizing stories like this and maybe digging into what other states are doing is a good way to have that tangible action for them. It's a good way uh, to provide a reference for them. So because of, uh, you know, to help in that, I will put uh, the links, as I always do anyway, in the description box of these stories. So you can go back and review the stories and and get kind of the, the high-level overview of what each state is doing. And then, you know, of course, go ahead and, uh, it, it, you know, in order when you're contacting your legislators to uh, be able to reference the key points of another state's legislation, you know, dig into it a little bit and find those key points that you want to put in front of your legislator Uh, those points that are going to address the issue at hand. States are fighting back against critical race theory. While there are, I would call, total lost causes, like the state of Washington with Jay Inslee in charge and him signing a law mandating critical race theory be taught, essentially mandating that uh, racism be taught in Washington state, There's actually many more states out there that are outlawing the teaching of critical race theory. Jay Inslee in Washington is uh, right now an, an exception. Honestly, it's a bad exception, but they're an exception nonetheless. Now, one of these states that is outlawing the teaching of critical race theory is Oklahoma. Oklahoma governor, Kevin Stitt, signed... Uh, a bill recently that was passed by their legislature banning critical race theory from being taught in public schools and universities. The bill prohibits that one race or sex is inherently superior to another and that an individual, by virtue of his or her race or sex, is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive from being taught in the state. Now, of course, the hypocrite Democrats can't help but comment on this bill and continue to sow division. Now, according to the Epic Times piece uh, from April 30th, Oklahoman Democrats argued that the bill was a waste of time and addressed a problem that didn't exist. No, that's rich coming from the party that has been doing nothing but peddling how systemically racist America is for at least the last five years, probably more. You could take it back to the Obama administration if you know it wasn't as overtly out there, but the actions were there. In my opinion, these Democrats are are saying an a. a addressing a problem that didn't exist. They're the ones that created this problem in the first place. It does absolutely exist. The bill actually addresses a problem that the Democrats themselves have created by allowing this divisive and untruthful theory to be taught in our schools. This bill that is passed and now signed into law in Oklahoma is the Republicans doing cleanup on aisle four of the Dems' garbage policy and ideology. And, of course, no Democrat response would be complete without their obligatory divisive rhetoric in response to this bill in Oklahoma. Now, Oklahoma State, Uh, uh, House Minority Leader, Emily Virgin, had this to say. Instead of focusing on the real issues facing Oklahomans, the majority party continues their attack on anyone in Oklahoma who might not look, think, love, or act like them. What we have here is a classic case of projection by Miss Emily, because this is exactly what the Democrats do. They attach anyone who does not think or act like them, or, this might be more accurate, who does not think or act like Democrats tell them to think or act. That is their problem here. This is Democrats projecting on everybody else what they are guilty of. Now, in this instance, I'd like to say the hypocrisy is amazing here, but At this point, it is neither amazing nor is it unexpected. Now we have another state taking action here. Earlier this month, the Tennessee legislature also passed a bill banning critical race theory from being taught in the state's public and charter schools. According to an Epic Times piece, I'll link in the description box, The Tennessee law prohibits teaching students that any race or sex is superior to any other or that an individual is inherently privileged, racist, sexist, or oppressive due to their race or sex. It also forbids teachers from instructing students that the United States is inherently sexist or racist and it also bans teaching that the U.S. government should be violently overthrown. Bravo in Tennessee here; uh, they're covering all the bases with this uh, with this bill. It seems, you know, maybe not uh, going up into the university level, but certainly uh, something like this gets schools back to, or at least in the direction. Not necessarily back to yet. I, I think as a whole, we have a long way to go, but it gets uh it, it gets us on the track or gets tennessee on the track this is a tennessee law it gets tennessee on track for actually teaching their kids how to think and not what to think now of course in tennessee the donkey party couldn't help themselves here either in terms of engaging in more projection now let's l- listen to their concern i say concern in quotes here over this law the epic piece, uh, epic times piece, notes that Democrats voiced opposition to the bill, claiming that it would promote revisionist history. <laughs> this is not a joke, friends. This is not a joke. I, I, I first I had a, a a jaw drop and then a chuckle, and I thought this was a joke, and it's not. This this was actually what the Democrats in Tennessee, their opposition to this bill, <coughs> excuse me, was claiming that it would promote revisionist history. Now, this is the party that has spent the better part of 2020 trying to erase history. Now they're all of a sudden concerned about revisionist history. Why would that be? Why are they concerned and, and getting out ahead of this by saying, This promotes revisionist history. It promotes the actual history of what actually took place here, not their made-up version of history that they're using to divide the country. These are not serious people. They are certainly not principled people. Tennessee Democrats are concerned about revisionist history? And then really, like I was saying, it's not a concern about revisionist history here. It's a concern that our actual history and actual civics lessons will be taught, that our children will get the education they need to be uh, competent in how our government operates. And they will have an actual frame of reference for when these ding-dongs and the Democrat Party and their acolytes Start doing the same fascist tactics that we've seen time and time again in places like uh, Nazi Germany and uh, Mussolini's Italy and the Bolsheviks in Russia and in China today. That's what the concern here is. The concern is over the truth being told. The truth being told will expose critical race theory for the fraudulent practice it is and the fraudulent practice that we outlined in uh, the last episode. That exposure of the truth is the threat to the Democrats' power. And as we know, they can't have that threat to their power. So they are going to project in any way possible to cast seeds of doubt that this law is an actual a uh, good thing for the students of Tennessee. They're going to cast seeds of doubt by saying this law promotes a revisionist history. Now, I think people are too smart here to to fall for this yet again. I think we've seen too many parents that uh, over the course of the last year plus now, that they've seen the crap their kids are being taught in school. They've sat over their shoulder on on the Zoom lessons on the the. Uh, school Zoom lessons here. They've seen what their kids are being taught. I I think they're getting smart to the ways of this type of projection and they're not going to fall for it again. At at least that's my hope anyway for we'll say the majority because as we always know, there's always someone, there's a sucker born every minute, right? So we always know there's going to be a few that uh, fall for this line of its revisionist history. But uh, I think You know, hopefully there's a lot of smart parents out there that don't fall for it again. Now, Oklahoma and Tennessee are not the only states that have passed legislation banning critical race theory. Idaho, North Dakota, and South Dakota all have passed legislation as well. And there are a number of other states that have uh, legislation that's being debated or at least partially passed through one house. Now, for the complete list of who's had uh, bills signed into law, uh, which states are kind of in that in-between phase of debating and partially passing laws, and then there's a list of states that haven't done anything yet with it, Um, I'll I'll put a link to a Washington Examiner piece in the description box so you can see where your state stands on this. Now, on to the next uh, topic here. Uh, we really are going down a dangerous path with the politicization of our military. Whether it is the relieving from command of an officer who speaks out, who wrote a book and spoke out against this politicization, or it's the Pentagon now utilizing private companies to get around the First Amendment in order to monitor a soldier's social media accounts for extremism, we are heading down a slippery slope of the military becoming an ideological entity that can be used to keep the deplorables in line without pushback within the ranks. Now, I'm not saying that this will happen, that... um, Our power-hungry overlords would turn the military on us to keep us in line. But we need to be cognizant of what is happening in our military. We need to be cognizant of having these yes-men ideologues in the top positions of the military. We need to know what that means. We need to understand what that means. And we need to understand what the impact of this type of rhetoric and ideology being pushed through our military is the impact that will have and can have and is already having i you know i would think on both our national security as well as thinking down the road on how these ideologues would treat the citizenry who do not agree with them now there is historical precedent here that lines up with this type of purge that we have uh, seen in regards to our top mil- military brass starting under obama and continuing on now under Um, China Zhou, where we have ideologues who have been moved into positions of power uh, of what should be an apolitical institution. Let's start with Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer of Space Force. Why was he relieved from his command in Space Force? He spoke the truth and denounced Marxism in the military in his book, Irresistible Revolution Marxism's Goal of Conquest and the Unmaking of the American Military. He denounced critical race theory and its push through the military in a recent podcast appearance. Lohmeyer believes the military should remain apolitical. He believes, and rightly so, that the basis of all that should be the foundational ideals that we have codified in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, not critical race theory, which makes race the view or lens through which the entire world is interpreted. Now, it's for this, for having the wrong opinion, a commanding officer was relieved of his post in one of the military branches. Now, the official reason given was the DOD deemed his comments partisan. But we all know that this has, uh, you know, a, a different, this is, is really a, a hypocritical comment. Because we all know that had his uh, comments been in support of critical race theory and Marxism, he'd still be in command of his unit in Space Force. Now, as I said, history has seen this type of thing play out before. Hitler did the same thing when he came to power in Germany. Over the course of seven years, from 1934 to 1941, Hitler purged his top military commanders and replaced them with yes-men ideologues. Why did he do this? Because the commanders that were in place did not agree with him on military strategy. Now these commanders that were in place were very nationalist and were on board with this idea of um, the, you know a German takeover of Europe, but they did not agree with Hitler on the strategy. Hitler by this time had um, he, you know he'd convinced himself that he you know was a, a god. He knew all. He was omnipotent, and he was going to be the strategic force behind. Uh, Germany's sweep across Europe and the world. Now, there were three uh, of these uh, high-ranking officials in particular, uh, Werner von Blomberg, Konstantin von Neurath, and Werner von Fritsch, who all opposed Hitler's ultra-aggressive plans for marching across Europe. They all felt that the German military needed to be rebuilt before undertaking such a bold plan, before engaging in general warfare, now Hitler forced their resignations through various propaganda uh, propagandistic um, operations here, and then through nineteen thirty eight removed another seventy generals from the military in in effect, creating a military that had no other ideology. Except that of the Nazi Party, and except that of that uh, of Hitler being the supreme commander of the military, he had given he had effectively uh, swept through the ranks and created a, a a commanding army of yes men to his every whim. Nobody was going to question Hitler or his strategy ever again. To top it off, Hitler required all military personnel, to swear an oath personally to him. Now, we aren't quite to the personal oaths to a supreme leader point yet, but the path is there, especially if we keep going down the road we're on of politicizing the military in the name of diversity and inclusion. Purging commanding officers for calling out the military For straying from its responsibility of remaining an apolitical institution responsible for protecting this country and its citizens is a precedent we should all be concerned about. Removing commanding officers and replacing them with yes men ideologues is not a winning strategy for keeping the country safe and secure. Now, we also have the Department of Defense and their new policy of monitoring military personnel's social media accounts through a third party. So they're going to give the illusion here that they respect the First Amendment, but they really don't. The DOD knows that if they were the ones to uh, surveil people's social media accounts, the lawsuits would come hard and fast. But by utilizing a third party and then You know, doing uh, or running under the guise then of just collecting the data and information that they had collected. They are skirting that First Amendment uh, right, all in an effort, they say, to weed out the extremists. So, what defines an extremist? Who knows? The DOD hasn't given a list of characteristics of these uh, extremists. Only a vague statement that the program will continually scan for concerning behaviors, whatever that is. I'm going to go out on a limb here and take a wild guess that having things like MAGA, America First, anything supportive of Trump, and anything criticizing BLM or critical race theory or the regime in the White House will be enough to get someone labeled as an extremist. Not having the right politics is going to get those who uphold their oath to America. That is what's going to get them labeled an extremist. This is yet another dangerous precedent being set by the ideologues running our military. Not only... Are other countries seeing this garbage and seeing how weak we've become militarily? You are also, or the DOD, not you, but the DOD is also alienating a big chunk of the rank and file in the military by doing this. This is the type of policy that is going to do to military recruitment what the defund and vilify the police movement has done. For law enforcement, people aren't going to sign up for the military anymore. Just like people have left the the uh, law enforcement career in droves, and recruit and and recruitment is way down. Now, maybe that's why the military is putting out recruitment videos looking for soldiers with two moms. They're trying to cater to the woke crowd out there. I, you know, that video I, I, I just know Russia and China are laughing at us for that video and that, that recruitment video. And I'm, you know, I'm sure many of you have seen the, um, there's been a, a, a video going around on social media. Uh, uh, the first part of it is a Russian military recruitment video. And then we have, uh, two moms and you fluff and whatever else, uh, just ridiculous. And, it's no wonder that uh, Hamas is feeling em- emboldened now to attack, and, and we're seeing these skirmishes pop up across the world again. They they know we're not going to do anything because our military is too focused on on diversity and inclusion and 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 recruiting wokesters here. I guess it, you know that people know. People know, and and I I have to think that our military knows that they are turning off the traditional soldier, the potential traditional soldier, with this leftward turn towards stupidity. They want to keep the extremists out. They want their ideologues in the rank and file because they can control them more. They know that if they have a rank and file full of people that actually hate this country, that are woke. They they have they have total control. There's not as high of a risk of uh, of a soldier, um, you know, disobeying a direct command. Say that command was to march into one of an American city and put it under siege, or you know, control the population. They know there's less of a chance because that. Ideologue they have in in place there isn't going to question it, and, and we're getting to the point too now with this kind of garbage that the only option left will be to recruit soy boys to our military, and that might be the next recruitment video here. We've got uh, soy chai lattes here, and you know tofu whatevers. Uh, yeah, we we've, we've all seen though how quickly they crumble, the soy boys crumble, when they're faced with somebody that will stand up to them, whether it be a citizen or law enforcement. Now, retired FBI agent Mike German had this to say about this surveillance program. He says, using keywords to monitor social media isn't just an unnecessary privacy invasion. It is a flawed strategy that will ensure it is short-lived. It will undoubtedly produce a flood of false positives that will waste security resources and undermine morale without identifying the real problem. Indeed, it will, Mike. I just can't wait till they're taking bets on in Vegas on what will have more false positives. This program or uh, of the Department of Defense's or COVID tests. My, uh, that's going to be a close one, I think. This will be a complete waste of time, a complete waste of energy, and an absolute complete waste of taxpayer resources that could be better spent on, uh, I don't know, fighting the real extremists in our country, like Antifa and BLM, fighting the real extremists across the world. That might be a better, better spend of our resources. If there is extremism within the military ranks, this certainly isn't going to get to the root cause of it. But maybe there really isn't a problem at all. Maybe this is just a way to root out those soldiers who take their oath seriously, who take America first seriously, who support good conservative constitutional principles. The only real extremism in our military today seems to be at the top-level brass who seem to be pushing critical race theory down the rank-and-file's throats. That is the only overt extremism I see within our military. The last thing I have today is on vaccines. Something new, I promise. I'm not uh, railing against the vaccine. I've done that on other shows and the pitfalls and everything we need to be aware of with it. I think this is new information, and I hope you dig into it and and take a look at it for yourselves. It's important to remember that right now these vaccines are still designated as experimental, and that what we have in this large-scale rollout, is in essence the final clinical trial before it is granted full licensing for use by the FDA. Now, as such, with these vaccines being administered under an emergency use authorization, by law, vaccination with them cannot be mandated. That is what the mediocres in the media are not telling you, as they pound their fists on their news desks, demanding, "You get vaccinated, you anti vaxxer you person that wants to kill grandma." Schools, colleges, and businesses have no right to mandate a vaccine uh, a vaccine that has not been granted full license by the FDA. The FDA is the regulating uh, body here, and they have not granted. Uh, basically have not given their full blessing that this thing is, is able to be used and mandated as a treatment. Now, this advice comes direct from the CDC itself. Dr. Amanda Cohn, the Executive Secretary of the CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices, had this to say when she was asked if Uh, the COVID vaccine can be required. She responded this way. She says that under an EUA, vaccines are not allowed to be mandatory. So early in this vaccination phase, individuals will have to be consented and they won't be able to be mandatory. Cohn later affirmed that this prohibition on requiring the vaccines applies to organizations. I take that to mean public and private organizations, including hospitals, she said. This is straight from the CDC itself. Breaking that down, what this is saying is you have to give your consent to be stuck in the arm with the needle uh, of the COVID-19 vaccine. Your school, the colleges you or your kids go to, cannot mandate it. Your school systems cannot mandate it. Right now, your employers cannot mandate that you be vaccinated with this thing. All straight from the CDC itself. This vaccine, until it is granted full license, cannot be mandated by any organization. Now, because I like to be fair, there is some lack of clarity among experts, legal experts, uh, on what the exact meaning of the law is. Now, the arguments I find are actually pretty weak. I'll include a link to an LA Times article, nonetheless, that presents the argument on the actual wording of this law. I guess it was the LA times attempt at being fair, I guess. Uh, like I said, it's a pretty weak argument. I'm not going to go into detail here at base, you know, just kind of questioning, well, does it really mean that or not? The wording's not clear. I think if the CDC is saying under an emergency use, use authorization vaccines, this vaccine cannot be mandated until granted full license. I I'd say that's a pretty clear indication of that the the law is pretty clear. But you can look it up and make your own decision on that. And also, to be fair, you will find stories that say, yes, employers can mandate vaccines. That is true. And while I think it's stupid to do so, it would be well within their rights for a fully FDA-licensed product. Those under the EUA are a different story. I look at it this way you have the CDC itself saying that under the law, under the law for emergency use authorizations, a vaccine being administered under it cannot be mandated. That's a government entity saying this, and it's the government entity that we hear referenced day in and day out on what their guidance is, and everybody seems to be follow. It's the government entity everyone seems to be looking to for answers. They're the ones saying that this cannot be mandated until fully blessed by the FDA. Well, to me, it seems like there's some problems then for these schools and employers that have come out saying they are mandating vaccination. Now, again, I want you to do your own research. I'm sure many of you at this point have made up your mind where you stand on the vaccine. It's, I think, widely available for anyone and everyone at this point. Um, Do your own research and make the best decision for you in regards to the vaccine. However, know that if any entity is mandating it as a condition for employment or attendance in school or uh, even admittance to a store or restaurant, You have the right to challenge them based on what the CDC and legal experts are saying. Also keep in mind that it takes a year or two for the FDA to grant its final blessings on these things. And I think by the time that happens, it is not outside the realm of possibility that this vaccine will be totally useless anyway. Friends, that's my show for today. Thank you for listening. Please check out my website, livingwithlibertypodcast.com. You'll find links there to my past shows, my original articles, as well as other resources to help arm you with knowledge in fighting off the prevailing narratives of the day. Also on my site is a link to my store, Living With Liberty Outfitters. The grand opening sale is going on for about another week here. 15% off of everything. And also, don't forget to check out the limited edition Memorial Day collection. I'll keep that up until about June 14th, let's call it. If I could ask one thing uh, in regards to the Memorial Day collection, please do not use the discount code on those items. All proceeds uh, from the Memorial Day collection will be donated to the A Soldier's Child Foundation. Also. I'd be so grateful if you subscribed to my show and left a positive review, should your listening platform allow. It helps us move up the charts and helps more people find the truth. I appreciate you spending part of your day with me. Please help us spread the truth by sharing my show and website with friends and family as well as on your social media accounts. My website is livingwithlibertypodcast.com. Also, let's connect. Follow me on Parlor and Gab. My handle on both is at livingwithliberty. You can also go to the contact page of my website and email me or follow the links there to my social media pages. Liberty isn't a given. We must fight to protect it. Working together, we will do exactly that. Until next time.